0: This episode is brought to you by our friends at Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. CBTS exists to provide ministerial training in the context of a confessional local church. They are, among other things, confessional, Baptist, affordable, and accessible. They are also now fully accredited by the Association of Reformed Theological Seminaries. You can learn more about them at their website, which is cbtseminary.com. Org. Again, that is cbtseminary.org.
1: The Covenant Podcast exists to discuss doctrine, theology, and the biblical worldview from a covenantal Baptist perspective. We pray that this resource will be edifying to you and glorifying to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let's get started. Welcome to the Covenant
0: Podcast. Jimmy Johnson here with my co host, Austin McCormick, and we have the privilege of hosting John DeVito on our podcast today. He currently serves as the pastor of Cornerstone Fellowship Church in Newburgh, Indiana. He is also a director of African Pastors Conferences and a board member at Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. John's wife, Jimmy, Jennifer have been married for 20 years and have four children, and he received his MDiv from the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary.
2: Welcome to the podcast, John. Thanks, guys. It's good to be
1: here. John, we're looking forward to this conversation today, and the topic that we're going to be talking about is family worship. So just to get our conversation kind of jump-started before we dive into this topic, uh, According to Scripture, what is a family?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Family is an institution that God has created for His image bearers to carry out our God-given responsibilities in this world. Uh, We see this in the opening pages of Scripture as He uh, has created the world and everything in it, and then He creates mankind uh, as, as, as really the climax of creation. So if you, you know, go to back to the first chapter of Scripture, Genesis chapter 1, and look at verses 26 to 28, uh, we see on that sixth day of creation, uh, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So here we have God creating uh, his image bearers, both male and female, and they are to be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. And, and so we see here among the image bearers, not only their identity, but also this uh, responsibility that they're given. And then this is brought out in more detail, of course, when God uh, creates Adam. And uh, Adam is uh, alone there in the garden. And after Adam names the animals and is given this command to to work uh, in, in the garden and to carry out these responsibilities. We read in verses uh, 20 to 25 um, um, a little bit more about this, uh, or even let me let me get back there in, in my copy here. Uh, let's go back to verse 18. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam as he would call them. And of course, there are no companions fit for him through this parade. And so verse 21, the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept and took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib, which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And and so we, we have then this idea that the way God created mankind is man and woman to carry out this responsibility, and in doing so, they are to be fruitful and multiply with the man is, is head of the home, as the woman, as the, the one who is helping in these responsibilities, and they then produce children who will continue carrying out this responsibility uh, in this world. And so God, in his uh, infinite wisdom, didn't merely create his image bearers as solitary individuals, uh, but he created us to be in this marriage relationship that then uh, produces children and brings in this whole idea of the the sphere of the home that uh, is then used by him to um, to carry out uh, what he's called us to do in this world so that's just a little basis that we could go on and explore you know more fully uh, in light of the fall and some other things but but that's families rooted in creation itself, you know, something that God has given to us.
0: Thank you, John, for that summary. We're gonna transition slightly since you've defined the family for us from scripture. Could you also give us a broad definition of worship more generally conceived? And then then Austin will ask you about family worship next.
2: Sure. Well, worship itself, I mean, the English word actually is is bringing together worth and ship. So this is the idea of ascribing worth to God. Uh, When we're worshiping God, then what we're saying to God is that he's worthy of honor and praise. Um, Now, as a Reformed Baptist, of course, I often like to appeal to my Confession of Faith, the 1689 Baptist Confession. Uh, the beginning of chapter 22, uh, paragraph 1, really in my mind, uh, summarizes well what the Scripture teaches worship is. Uh, while it doesn't use the word worship in, in, these, in that first paragraph, in that sentence uh, th- that I'll say, it's certainly, I think, summarizing what worship is. Um, paragraph 1 says, The light of nature shews that, uh, that there is a God who hath lordship and sovereignty over all, is just, good, and doth good unto all, and is therefore to be feared, loved, praised, called upon, trusted in, and served with all the heart and all the soul and with all the might. And uh, I'm, I'm not going to do as good su- uh, summarizing biblical truth as as uh, my forefathers did in the confession, uh, but, but I think that really is a helpful way of, of looking at it. This is who God is, and in light of who God is, this is our response as His creatures—one of fearing, loving, praising, calling upon, trusting in, and serving with all our heart and soul. That—that's really the the idea of you know glorifying God uh, through our lives in worship.
1: Uh, so you introduced family, introduced worship. Now let's. Uh... More uh, pointedly, direct this conversation to family worship. Uh, what do we mean when we say family worship?
2: Yeah, and, and, and I think this is really helpful to clarify. I, I assume most of the people listening are familiar with you know, the idea of family. We all live with that reality in mind and with uh, worship. If, if we're Christians and we're going to church, we are aware of, of worship in many ways. Um, but it might be a little bit stranger or more unusual to talk about family worship bringing those ideas together and, and so in the way I just kind of settled it in my own mind is is of course in in one sense all of life is worship right in Jesus Christ we can see this in, in Romans 12 but but there's different ways in which we worship God in life given the different spheres that we live in. Uh, so you have, uh, of course, corporate worship. This would be what we're familiar with when we go to church uh, and we worship God as we are assembled or gathered together. So we gather when this happens. This worship gathers uh, happens when we gather together as a church to worship God. Um, but we can also think of worship privately, perhaps. You know, when we worship God alone or or apart from others, uh, we we worship uh, God and. And um, But family worship is, is really when we come together as a family to worship God in our home. So it's recognizing that the family uh, as a, as a uh, brought together um, bond that exists also should offer God uh, these, these praises and, and come before him uh, to hear from him and to... Um, and to recognize the, the glories of God and the beauty of Christ. So, so that's just a, a, a quick way of, of thinking about uh, what family worship is and that uh, our family is not really different than any other area of life, but we should be including worship uh, in our families as, as we're carrying on life together in the home.
0: I remember when I first started to learn about and study the topic of family worship, and then I, I got married, and, and my first child was shortly along the way um, after that. And when I began to think about family worship at that time, I imagined it was just going to be this serene, beautiful event every time we did it. Um, <laughs> and, and I've learned since then that that's not Always the case, but with that said, what what is the goal of when we come together as a family and worship God together?
2: Well, I certainly through the years uh, I, I have four children now myself, uh, and my, my my oldest one is actually a senior in high school, um, and and so yeah, through this pandemic, she's she's missing some of those senior year type things, but. Uh, my youngest one is, is almost 13. So we've, uh, been, uh, doing this and, and trying to do this well for a number of years. Um, really since my first child was, um, w- within her first year, my, my oldest daughter. And so it is, <laughs> it's, it, it can be a challenging, uh, there, there can be a lot of, um, questions here, concerns. And, and, you know, when I first came across this whole idea, uh, Personally, I was actually starting seminary and uh, immediately recognized with a young daughter at home its importance. Um, but I, I didn't really know a lot about it. And I just thought, well, it's kind of like taking a, a worship service like I have at church and trying to do something like that at home. Right. Where I'm this uh, um, this quasi pastor uh, who's supposed to go through this like hour long um uh, you know, family worship service or something. And, and that was not helpful for me. Um, and I quickly found a lot of challenges and problems, uh, in that. Um, but, but in its, and in, in, as I reflect on this and and think through this, uh, the, the the goal of family worship, I don't find to be different than the goal of worship in general. It's, it's to glorify God, uh, as, as uh, he deserves and as, uh, we as his creatures uh, find our enjoyment in right. It's to it's glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Um, but in doing so, it, it really simply means uh, singing His praises, uh, studying His Word, uh, and and coming before Him before His throne in prayer. So, uh, so really, it's it's the same thing we do when we worship God and other, um, you know, to get when we do it together as a church or or maybe privately on our own. Uh, but it's something we we come together and do as families, so we can overcomplicate it or or try to uh, mimic the way we worship God in other um, places. Like I said, at church or maybe what we seek to do on our own. But but at its simplest form, it's 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 not complicated. It's it's pretty basic and uh, pretty critical to to who we are.
1: Um, our Next part of this conversation, we want to get some suggestions from you about uh, what to do in our uh, family worship time. Uh, this I'm really looking forward to this part of the conversation because my wife and I have been uh, trying to do things, uh, seeing what works really good for us in the home. And so let's uh, start first with scripture reading or even teaching or instruction. Sure. Uh, suggestions that you may have. I, I guess I'll lend this part of the conversation out. Do you think reading large portions of Scripture can be helpful for family worship or maybe shorter readings with more in-depth explanation or maybe even something else that you think is helpful?
2: Right. Well, I mean, there's a, it's, a, it's a good question. Obviously, we want to have Scripture central to family worship. Mm-hmm. Uh, what that looks like, I think, depends on a number of things. Uh, it, it, it depends on uh, what you as a father are comfortable doing, you know, um, how, how much you think you can give an in-depth explanation uh, for, for Scripture would play into that a little bit, what kind of resources you may have to assist you in preparing to to do that. But I I, do, I wouldn't want people to think, again, they need to be a mini pastor that's going to give a sermon to their family every night or something. Um um, so reading large portions of Scripture, I think, can be helpful, uh, and yet again, if you have young children uh, in the home, uh, you know, reading uh, 10 chapters from an Old Testament prophet uh, without explanation may not be the most helpful thing, so, so you know, there, there's, there's really a, a lot that would go into answering this question in, in a specific family situation. Uh, the, the way I would basically say it is, you know, where are uh, Where is your family in terms of the ages? Where are you in in, in terms of your own uh, knowledge of scripture? Uh, if if uh, your um, children are very young, uh, I think it's it can be good to choose a uh, a good um, say children's Bible or or a book with good children's story uh, you know stories from God's word. Uh, and, and maybe read that at first as, as a way to um, read to your children. One book that we used when my family was younger, and I'm not saying by any means this is the only one, uh, but one that, that was written a number of years ago by uh, Gerhardus Voss's wife, uh, Catherine Voss, is called The, Ch- the Child Story Bible. And uh, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's broken down the, the, the main stories of Scripture into things you can read. Uh, together as family, but there's any other number of story Bibles that are out there for different ages. Um, I found a lot of story Bibles I don't like, <laughs> uh, but there are there are definitely good ones out there. So, you know, young children, that could be helpful. Uh, when the children become uh, older, uh, I think reading scripture um, straight is uh, fine. So if you, you want to choose a, a chapter a day, you um, that could be fine. Uh, and and how much explanation you give may depend a little bit again on what you know and on uh, how clear the reading is. Uh, but but I, I, I don't think that necessarily requires a lot of explanation. or maybe if one doesn't feel that they can give a lot of explanation, simply reading the word is beneficial. And uh, if children have questions, maybe you don't have answers. It's okay. It could be God's way of helping you grow in what you know. You can simply say, you know, that's a great question. Let me uh, study this a little bit more and get back to you. All right. That's the great thing of having family worship every night. Um, you, you, you don't necessarily uh, have to know all the answers immediately, uh, but you can continue to have these discussions together as a family. So. So, you know, there's really a lot of different ways of going about this. Of course, if if you want, especially in some of the richer parts of Scripture, to slow down or um, to take some time and and read through things and discuss things together, I think all of those are good. Um, I just, my rule of thumb is to keep it simple. So uh, for a lot of times, it'll be reading uh, a chapter of Scripture, maybe giving an overview or some thoughts. Uh, possibly asking some questions of what does this mean for you in your life or for us as a family um, and, and so it's not meant to be long it's it's again it's not a 30 40 50 minute sermon it's it's just an opportunity to to focus the family together on what god has said in his word hmm.
0: Piggybacking off of that, talking about the role of scripture and family worship, and and an extension of that would be family discipleship. Um, does mm. or can scripture memorization have a role in family worship? And what would that be? If Absolutely. So? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, I, I I think that kind of maybe falls under a more general heading of uh, you know scripture in in family worship. Um, I think that that's a, a wonderful way, you know, maybe after the reading of Scripture uh, to include Scripture memorization. Uh, and, uh, you know, whether you choose, again, from each uh, week a, a key verse that uh, you want to focus on and, and have your family really come together to know, understand. And so you, you know, recite it together uh, each night uh, through that week uh, and, and or. Uh, whether there are is a another plan or program that you decided would be best for your family i mean there's again there's there's different ways that that could be done uh, but obviously uh, the the importance of hiding god's word in our heart of being able to call these truths into our minds uh that there's uh, it's it's you know i mean it's it's the same as Scripture reading in our own lives, right? I mean, if, if all we're doing in our personal or private devotions is reading God's Word and at the end, checking off I've read two to three chapters a day, I haven't meditated on it, I haven't thought about it, I haven't sought to to, to hide it in my own heart as I uh, commit it to memory, it's it's not going to have the same impact on my life. And, and the same would be true in our, our family through worship. So incorporating uh, the idea of, of memorization, again, whether it's uh, a key verse of, of what's been read through the week or whether it's um, some other uh, plan or, 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 or some other method, I, I think uh, memory is, is always always a good thing to, to better know and recognize and build on these truths in God's Word in our hearts and lives.
1: Um, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this next question. What role can music have in family worship? And if one is using music for family worship, what type of songs should they be looking for? Right.
2: Well, uh, I i mean, music is a, a gift of God, right? He's, he's created us to worship, and in creating us to worship, he's created us to worship as those who— um, who pour out our hearts in in song to Him in worship? it's uh, why, when even when we gather together as a church, we don't merely hear the word preached, as central and uh, critical as that is, but we sing God's praises, right? And, and we even see in in Scripture uh, as as the church gathers that um, that the benefits that come uh, as as we sing uh, together, and so. So many of those benefits, while uh, we're obviously not gathered together as a church, as, as we're a family in the home, uh, we are uh, nevertheless uh, enriching uh, one another as we are uh, glorifying God through song. And so I I, um, I don't know if we've ever had family worship in my home without song. Uh, song is, is a distinct way that uh, God not only brings, uh, that, that gives us the opportunity to, to give him glory, but also to, to enrich these truths into our, our hearts and our souls and our lives. Uh, and so I, I think song is, is wonderful and, and often, you know, unites the family together and, and helps us to recognize these biblical truths that we're singing of together. Uh, so, so I, again, I don't think you need a, a, um, like, like you would in church, have you know three, four, five plus songs uh, in a in a uh, when you are having family worship, but maybe you choose one or or, or two and and sing uh, together. But as far as what kinds of songs that that you point people towards, um, you know that obviously you are going to want to worship God in spirit and in truth, and that means choosing songs that are faithful to His Word. Uh, choosing songs that will be easy to sing. Uh, you know, my wife, contrary to many pastors, my wife does not play piano. Uh, we don't have piano in the home. Uh, I don't. I can't play a guitar. So uh, we're 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 singing a cappella as a family, and unless we uh, go high tech and pull up a YouTube uh, song where with some lyrics on the screen or something, right? So, so. Um, what, what, what I've done historically, I've done a a few different things. Uh, but what I found in general best is again, to view family worship as not only something that is a blessing to our family, but also a means to help train my children to worship together at church. Uh, and so, you know, sitting down together nightly for maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes, slowly prepares them to uh, be able to participate in uh, the the corporate gathering of the church more fully. Uh, And the same with singing. And and so what I've often done and what I do most of the time is choose the hymns that our church is singing. Um, So, you know, normally a church has any number of hymns they sing, whether you um, buy or or get the the hymn book and and, uh, choose songs that, you can share and, and sing together, uh, or you know whether, whether there are other ways, if you don't have a hymn book maybe, um, you know that you can take bulletins from church and uh, come up with lists of songs that you think would be helpful for your, for your family either to learn or just to enjoy singing together. Um, I, I often like to try to uh, wed uh, church and, and family in that way through what we sing. Um, I, I also have, uh, for a t- period of time, because I do believe we're to sing uh, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs uh, in church, um, sought to actually have our children uh, sing the psalms uh, in worship. And so we have a psalm book uh, as well that we'll uh, learn uh, a psalm to now for my family, that may mean finding psalms with uh, tunes and arrangements that are already familiar to them through other hymns. Um, again, without accompaniment, it can be a little bit of a challenge, uh, but some some kind of means of helping. But, you know, again, singing the the, the, the truths of Scripture, whether they're the psalms or whether they're the, the hymns that we sing at church, uh, is, is the... the Mainly, mainly what I would recommend uh, pointing people towards. But if, if they have other uh, types of music that again are faithful to God's word, uh, then then I think that's that's wonderful to come together and sing. Hmm.
0: And as songs are often prayers expressed in musical form, we're gonna transition to prayer itself. And what is the importance of prayer and family worship and what are some ways that it can be implemented or that someone can grow as a leader, like a parent can grow as a leader to lead their family in prayer?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Uh, well, like, like, like the other areas we've talked about, obviously this is uh, another important area to include in family worship. Um, our entire lives are dependent upon God. And that's why prayer is so vital. Uh, we're recognizing our dependence and we're coming before our God because of this uh, dependence we have on him and drawing close to him, uh, remembering who he is in, as, as, as we pray to him, thanking him for what he's done, uh, bringing before him our needs, right? And, and so, so... Uh, we're, we're dependent on God uh, as a church, we're dependent on God personally, we're dependent on God as families, and uh, so, um, you know, th- there are different um, ways that people will structure prayer, right, uh, that, that, that you can follow. I mean, a very common way is uh, acts, right, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, or basically praising God for who he is, thanking him for what he's done, coming before him and admitting our, our sins and confessing them before him, and then uh, bringing before him the requests and, and needs that we have. Um, and, and there are many other models that, that are helpful out there for prayer. But, but really, to me, the idea is help build, uh, not, not only to express our dependence on God and, and come before him, uh, in in this way but also teaching and training our children through praying of what it means for them to pray as well uh, so so as much as we can model that uh, first it means we need to be a people of prayer in our personal lives right um, i think first we're we're going to lead well as we ourselves are praying well and so i think that's uh, something we need to, to focus on in our own lives. And, um, uh, but, but as, as far as practically what that may look like, you know, home uh, again, I don't really try to overcomplicate it. Um, at first I, I would simply kind of go around, uh, my children and ask them, you know, what, what they'd like to include in prayer. Uh, that was a learning curve for me over time because I found certain challenges in that. Uh, sometimes you have children who like to overshare and give 20 different things that uh, they may want to pray about. And, and again, not that we shouldn't bring our requests before God, but sometimes it's helpful to talk through, uh, you know, the kinds of requests that, we, that would be good to bring to God together as a family. Right? So other times children kind of get lazy and just start, mentioning the same prayer request over and over and over again Um, and and not that we shouldn't pray for things over and over and over again Uh, but but uh, uh, sometimes you know trying to to help our children recognize there are many things we need to pray about so there's different uh, extremes there Um, another area where where my family has struggled is it becomes a list of requests there's not the other aspects of prayer. Uh, and so, you know, I'm hearing a lot about, you know, this is I'd like to pray for this or I'm hoping that this will happen or uh, whatever. But the, the, the prayers, frankly, can become a little selfish um, with without, again, without training. And so, you know, trying to think through, OK, uh, this evening, uh, let's what, what's one thing you can thank God for something that that's some blessing God has given you, something that's happened in your life that you'd like to thank God for uh, trying to instill again, these different aspects of prayer um, could be, you know, is is something that I've tried to, to incorporate and model and bring into the, to a time of prayer. And so for me, I, I, I normally lead in prayer. I find that best to kind of model prayer. Uh, But I I give a time for uh, my children or my wife to, to bring something into prayer and, and encourage, you know, whether it's um, areas of thanksgiving uh, areas of um, confession, even in in a appropriate way, if, if, if needed or, or helpful um, or, or, or if, if not inviting people to mention those things, at least to, to pray uh, you know, a confession over sin and in, in those ways um, certainly the needs that we all uh, recognize and, Feel, and um, you know an, another thing to remember again is in pr- in prayer we are to uh, to recognize God for who He is and adore Him uh, for who He is. So um, you know, in, in, as far as you are reflecting upon the the attributes of God, um, that that can also be something to include as you begin prayer. Uh, to To recognize, you know, various ways in which God has revealed himself and you know, how that then feeds our confidence in prayer. So, you know, I don't want uh, those parents to feel they have to be seminary students or pastors to be equipped in this, uh, but the more that you grow in your knowledge of God, of course, the the more you're equipped to then lead your family in worship as well. So knowing more about the attributes of God and and thinking about them and and as you pray um, is very helpful to the family. Of course, it's very helpful in your personal life as well. Um, But but those are just some areas that that I've worked on as I've sought to lead my family in prayer and uh, hopefully can provide some tools for people to grow in how they pray together as a family.
1: This uh, next part of the conversation could potentially tie into the last, the last part of your answer about the attributes of God, but uh, mm-hmm. I want to ask, what is a catechism, and do you think a catechism can be an effective tool for family worship? Right.
2: Well, I, I really do. I, I have found through the years a tremendous value in catechism, but I was somebody who grew up not ever hearing of catechism. And for some people, uh, catechism, if they've heard of it, sounds uh, very Roman Catholic. Uh, and so they may want to stay away from that as a convinced Protestant. Uh, but catechism isn't anything to be afraid of. Uh, catechism, you know, really at, at its simplest, is simply a, a method of teaching truth. Uh, so, and the method is question and answer. Right. So um, some may be familiar with uh, the first question and answer of the Westminster Shorter Catechism. It's, it's often mentioned, uh, at least in reform circles today. Uh, right. And, and so, um, uh, so the, the, the whole idea of, um, you know, what, what is the chief end of man? A question. And then the answer, you know, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Uh, Answer. So the the idea is through learning the answers to these questions and being able to recite them is taking these biblical truths and, again, storing them in our heart. So I I see this not as scripture memory, but as kind of a supplemental way of memorizing biblical truths uh, from scripture. Uh, it, it, so that we we have these uh, truths to draw upon uh, as as we go on to live our lives. So I, I love catechism. Um, I've I've sought to include catechism in family worship as well, uh, even as some churches include catechism in uh, their worship services. So catechism also, by the way, has a, a long history in Baptist life. Uh, there there's a I'm I'm a guy who likes to recommend lots of books and resources and stuff, but there's a book that came out by uh, Tom Nettles um, called Teaching Truth, Training Hearts, the Study of Catechisms in Baptist Life. That's very helpful. So again, this isn't merely a Catholic thing. This is actually something really all of Christianity has found beneficial in teaching um, children and teaching new converts, um, biblical truth. So, so I, I, I think it's wonderful to try to recover catechism. I, I know that it really has been going through a kind of recovery uh, among many churches and individuals for a while. Uh, and and so, you know, again, how, how this may work, just looking at a uh, time of family worship may mean uh, reviewing a, a question and answer over a week together from a catechism or a uh, and 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 with a similar goal that you have with uh, scripture memory, uh, and and there are some catechisms where you can actually combine the two. You can uh, in many of the catechisms you have you know verses at the end of a question or answer, and then maybe use that as the basis for what scripture or a, a verse you memorize through the week. So so that might be a way to tie them together. But but uh, again, there there are a number of good catechisms out there. The the most probably the most common one I'd say among the Reformed today would be the Westminster Shorter Catechism, uh, and it's, it is a fantastic catechism, uh, even though obviously we would have our disagreements as Baptists. Um, um, and that's why, really, I uh, tend to like the, the Baptist Catechism, uh, which essentially was the Baptist's revision of the Westminster Catechism, the Shorter Catechism. Sometimes it's called Keech's Catechism after the particular Baptist Benjamin Keech. Uh, But essentially it's, it's a a Baptist revision of the uh, Westminster Shorter Catechism. And it's, it's a really, really helpful uh, catechism to, to utilize and, and to use in family worship. Now, um, it's probably going to be too difficult for uh, younger children. Uh, it's, you know, uh, some of the answers can be long, and um, and that doesn't doesn't mean you can't use it or the children won't benefit from it. But there are uh, there have been attempts to kind of simplify uh, both the Westminster Catechism, maybe for Presbyterian and Reformed, um, as well as for Baptists to simplifying the Baptist Catechism or Keach's Catechism. Uh, my my personal favorite is uh, one that uh, Grace Emmanuel Reformed Baptist Church in Grand Rapids put out a number of years ago through their Truth for Eternity Ministries. It's called the Prove-It Catechism. And uh, what I like about it, it was written for young children. Questions and answers are shorter, but the idea of prove it is, again, uh, after each question and answer, the idea is prove it, and then there's a scripture verse to memorize uh, attached to it, or, or at least to, to, to justify why this question and answer are true from god's word right so so but but there are other you know wonderful catechisms out there uh i know a lot of people lately have been appreciating uh, hercules collins orthodox catechism that could be used even though uh, a few of his baptist answers are are, are lengthy and not typical uh, catechism answers would be hard to memorize but um But overall, again, just a a number of resources out there, and and Nettle's book includes a number of catechisms. Not only does he talk about catechisms in Baptist life, but he mentions a number of them that have been used. So I I, I like benefiting from the wisdom of history that the Spirit has guided. And so I I tend to like the the old paths that have come before us and uh, drawing on uh, what what truth they have um, carried on and passed on uh, through their ministry so I, I like looking at the historical catechisms but but whatever whatever you find out there that's faithful to scripture that you think would be beneficial for your family and, and again maybe it's something you could uh, talk to your pastors or certainly if a catechism is used or recommended by your local church i think would be a great great uh, tool to include in, in family worship.
0: We have been discussing family worship, and, and John has graciously defined what worship as well as what family is. He, he's broken down several of the elements that are included in family worship, but as we transition and begin to bring our conversation to a close, we want to be as practical as we possibly can be. And I know from experience, developing a habit, a consistent Habit of family worship is difficult for some. So, what are some tips to begin and maintain a consistent pattern of family worship? And how often would you advise practicing family worship during a week? Mm. Well, that's that's
2: a great question. Uh, I because at the end of the day, this is meant to be practical, and when we talk about it more abstractly or, or in the nitty-gritty, again, it might sound overwhelming, or it, it it may I may just go okay, but what will this look like in my home with my family, right? And so, really, uh, first, I just I want to make sure, kind of maybe misunderstandings or myths are dispelled from people's minds that this again isn't what I thought at first, kind of a mini church service in my home. Uh, this this isn't an hour plus time in the evening. It could be, uh, I mean, there's no time limit or anything else, but it could be 10, 15 minutes, perhaps, you know, you, you sing a song, uh, a hymn together, you, uh, read a chapter maybe from scripture, um, explain it or summarize a little bit or have questions about it. And, uh, you, um, have maybe a time for, uh reciting uh, scripture verse, uh, or catechism question and answer, and then go into a, uh, time of prayer, you know, that that's, that's so, so I, I find it helpful first of all, to just have a clear understanding of what family worship is. And it's, uh, an opportunity for our family to, uh, focus together on God and on, um, in, in glorifying him together in, in praising him and, um, uh, again, worshiping him, so so simplifying it one and not being overwhelmed with with what this is. Uh, but as far as uh, carrying it out, I think you know having uh, some kind of basic model to work from is helpful. Uh, again, uh, in in churches, we're used to seeing in a, an order of worship through a bulletin, right, where things are structured. I think a basic structure can be helpful. Uh, you know, again, if you think of a, a, a four part structure of, you know, sing, read, um, work on memory together through scripture reading or, or through a verse or catechism uh, and or catechism and then uh, prayer, you know, and, and just, um, recognizing that schedule, uh, not being rigidly held to it necessarily, but, but just having a, an idea of what's going to happen while you worship, uh, and and then really prioritizing it uh, in, in your life and looking for uh, a time that will work for your family. So how often I'd advise doing it? I, I would advise doing it every day. Uh, our, we, we, we need Christ every day. We need the focus that comes from worship, every day, uh, personally and, uh, together as a family. So, uh, so I would look for a time each day to come together as a family. Now, uh, when might that be, that might be first thing in the morning, uh, maybe before breakfast you gather around the kitchen table and you begin the day by uh, worshiping God together as a family. Uh, maybe you're not morning people and maybe the mornings are chaotic. Um, you know, may, maybe it's more your uh, the bedtime routine, right? Where you kind of come together when it's time for bed, and before you tuck everybody in, you have this uh, short time of, okay, let's complete the day by remembering who God is and rejoicing in what Christ has done. Uh, so maybe it's bedtime for people. Maybe it's uh, after a meal, like after the main meal of the day, if, if that's dinner, uh, you know, everybody's come home, Work, school, whatever, you all come together for a family meal at dinner. And then after dinner, before you go off to do whatever you're going to go off and do, you have a time of family worship. So, so, I, uh, you know, I, I would say again, you're, you're looking for a uh, time within the day to do this. And, you know, look, you're going to screw up. You're going to fail. You're going to miss, you know, things will get busy. And, you know, if you're starting it in the morning and, you know, you don't wake up early enough or, you know, whatever. Right. I mean, this stuff happens and um, and that's okay. Um, But but what the goal is simply to recognize, all right, Lord, um, help me (laughs) help me continue in doing this well and uh, seek to keep on keep it as a priority. Uh, you know, when, whenever you try to build a, a kind of new rhythm into your life, whenever you try to include something as kind of a new pattern that you haven't done before, it's always difficult. And it's always going to try and be squeezed out by something else you're used to. And, and the key to developing that into a habit is just continuing to to focus on it, continue to try and have it happen. And, and when you fail, I mean, if, if, if you've Sinned? bring it before the Lord and seek His forgiveness in Christ. Um, if you have, um, if it's become sidetracked, seek to refocus on it. Um, and, and uh, so, so again, it'll be a learning experience and your goal isn't to be professional, right? You're not, um, it's not a worship service that's, you know, live streamed and people are going to be upset if people are in their pajamas or, or, or whatever. So, so again, it, it's, it's, it's not the same as church worship, uh, but it is a, a glorious way for us to stay focused on, uh, Christ in the home. That's, uh, that, that's at least some basic steps. And If you guys have more questions or, you know, of how to make it practical, I'm welcome to answer those. But th- those are things I've kept in
1: mind through the years. Well, you did mention, uh, Throughout some of our questions, some resources, and uh, you said that you like to recommend books. So um, <laughs> perhaps this could yeah. be helpful for applying some practical applications of family worship. What resources would you recommend?
2: Right. Uh, well, th- I, th- there. Uh, y- y- if you start to look into this, there are actually lots of resources. Right. I mean, if, if you. Um, Go to say Reformation Heritage Books uh, their their website. Uh, I mean, there there are obviously lots of re- uh, websites and other things you can go to, but um, but you just type in family worship and do a search. You know, you'll you'll find all kinds of stuff. Okay, um, and and a lot of it's great stuff. Now, um, because family worship is a priority and has been a priority in many, in many Reformed circles, sometimes as Baptists we have to sift a little bit some of the Presbyterian. Uh, stuff when it comes to covenant children I obviously don't hold that my children are members of the new covenant uh, but but in saying that uh, usually the the resources are um, wonderful and helpful um, and and you generally don't get into those theological issues too much other than the language of covenant children and some of those things uh, but but as far as some resources i mean to begin, if somebody is, this is new to them, or they just like to learn a little bit more about it, there is a short, helpful work by Donald Whitney called Family Worship. I think it's maybe 60, 70 pages, I just meant to kind of give an overview of some of the things I've discussed here this morning, uh, spelling it out a little bit more, helping provide some practical tools as well. Uh, and so that, that that's available both to read. I think there's an audiobook of it as well. Uh, and, and, of course, uh, Dr. Whitney is a, a Baptist uh, professor at the Southern Theological Seminary, uh, so has a lot of wisdom there. Uh, there there's a, another helpful kind of introduction that comes uh, from more of the Reformed or, or uh, the, the Presbyterian Reformed Pato-Baptist side, uh, and that would be uh, Jason Hel- uh, Helopolis uh, wrote a book uh, not long ago called A Neglected Grace, Family Worship in the Christian Home. That again, would be more introductory uh, and, and helpful for people as they're considering these things. Um, but uh, it, it, other kinds of resources that, that could be beneficial. Uh, Jeff Pollard and Scott Brown uh, published a massive work uh, that's put out by the National Center for Family Integrated Churches. Now, I'm not a family-graded church uh, proponent. I, I would have my differences with them. But uh, I appreciate the, this volume and what they've sought to do, which is to bring out really from about five centuries of church history excerpts related to family life, family worship, and those kinds of things. And so it's just, it's filled with the riches of the Reformed tradition uh, and, and a wonderful resource that, that's available. So uh, that that's, again, that's a big tool. It might be something that's just read through the years. Um, or, or over time, certainly, uh, but but you have things like that. Um, more practically, ma- uh, maybe, uh, there are a, f- a few things that Founders Ministries has put out, a good uh, Southern Baptist ministry. Uh, Tom Askell, a number of years ago, produced uh, Truth and Grace memory books to kind of incorporate uh, Scripture memory, um, you know, catechism kinds of things, as well as some songs and hymns to sing. So... So uh, Askell's uh, those volumes can be helpful. They've also come out. They had Jim Oric a number of years ago sing. He developed tunes to the Baptist Catechism. So if you're kind of concerned about memorizing catechism questions and answers, uh, Oric has a great uh, CD that you can use uh, to uh, memorize those uh, catechism questions and answers in song. So both both of those are available through. Uh, founders, ministries. Um, but then then you also have different kinds of uh, like devotionals and and commentaries and things that you can use to help you in bringing the family together to study scripture. Uh, so Ray Rhodes has a series of books on family worship for different seasons of life. You can find a solid ground uh, Christian books, put those out. Uh, different, different uh, devotionals that, that you can use uh, in, in family worship to, to again, uh, help teach Scripture as a family. And then uh, there's a three-volume work that was edited by Andrew Camp called the Family Worship Bible Commentary uh, that, that, that also essentially uh, brings out uh, these truths, helping teach these things from Scripture, specifically focused on a family life and home life. Um, And if you're not worn out already, uh, one final tool I'll mention, Uh, the Family Worship Bible Guide is put out not long ago, again, by Reformation Heritage. That's kind of Joel Beakey's uh, ministry um, and uh, the the books that he produces. But they essentially are devotional thoughts on every chapter of the Bible. And what what happened was... uh, they produced the Reformation Heritage Study Bible, which is uh, a a study Bible uh, that um, has a a lot of great notes and helps and such. But at the end of each chapter, they built this study Bible with family worship in mind. So they had these kind of devotionals uh, throughout this study Bible. And And a number of people said, we love these devotionals, uh, but maybe for one reason, no, we already have a family Bible or we already have, you know, a Bible. We don't, we don't necessarily want the whole Bible. We, we just want the, the family worship, uh, devotionals from the Bible. And so they produced that in their family worship Bible guide. Uh, so that's another helpful way if you're reading through a chapter to, um, maybe have some devotional thoughts and, uh, an application, uh, for a family from, um, to to help assist you. So again, there's many resources out there. Um, for for those that are listening. I, I wouldn't want you to be overwhelmed. as as I've tried to emphasize through this. Maybe that's just from my own life because at first I was overwhelmed and I did struggle. Um, my point is though, where you may be struggling or where where you may want help, uh, there there are many other Christians that are seeking to do this as well, and uh, have provided helps and resources to equip you. So so if you have questions or or uh, areas where you'd like to grow in this, uh, there there's there's many uh, ways that you can help uh, to do that uh, or you can find help to do that well.
0: Thank you for that and and thank you John for coming on and talking about family worship to us and and I encourage all who have listened to to begin and begin simply if if you are not already doing it. It is it is a blessing and and you see fruit over time and and I can speak to that from experience, even with a two year old girl who can sing hymns already, which is just a blessing to me. Um so thank you, John, for coming on talking about family worship.
2: Well it's been my pleasure, brothers. I, I appreciate your, uh, your podcast and, and bringing out these great truths to uh, help equip uh, people and, and families uh, with uh, wonderful teaching from God's Word to help us glorify Him in, in every area of life.
0: Amen. And to all of you who are
1: listening, grace and peace. Listeners of the podcast, if you desire additional content, Check out our extension ministry of the Covenant podcast, Covenant Confessions, at CovenantConfessions.com. Covenant Confessions is a blog ministry, and the contributors desire to equip God's people with content that informs and encourages from a 1689 Baptist perspective. Check it out.